Hello, my name is James Fedgehard. I am a Chartered Management Accountant from West Yorkshire. And my New Year's resolution is to create a podcast. I plan to do this weekly. Welcome today to my first episode. In general, this podcast is aimed at those who run a business, perhaps an SME or something a little more longer established, but a number of the topics that I will be talking about will be of relevance to those who enjoy life, who like to get the best value out of life, and so on and so forth. For my first episode, I thought I would talk about a subject which is rather dear to my heart, and that is about electric cars and specifically the various financial benefits in getting one. Now, I have had an electric car for around four years now, a battered old Nissan Leaf, which has done 120,000 miles and counting. And I'm also grateful that one of my clients is one of the businesses who are active in the world of electric cars and chargers for electric cars. And so I have been fortunate that I have either driven or sat in, I think virtually every one of the current models of electric car that are available to buy as of now in 2020. I haven't yet seen or sat in the new Porsche Taycan, although maybe I shall get the opportunity, who knows. What I would say about electric cars and electric vehicles is that I will be the first person to say that they are not suitable for absolutely everybody. Although I will say that perhaps with slight adjustments to people's routine, that the vast majority of people can make an electric car work for them and for their family. It's also worth emphasizing that any electric car bought today in 2020 would have a range of somewhere between 150 and 300, maybe 325 miles, and hence is very different to the sort of electric car that was available even four or five years ago. I think I will most probably replace my old leaf during this year, and the current favourite for me, as I say, after having seen everything and uh, test driven most of the other electric cars, is actually the Kia, the Kia e-Nero, and others that I like a lot include the Jaguar I-Pace, and there are also some models that will debut during this year, which will certainly be worth a look. As I say, there are now electric cars for all budgets and for a variety of different uses. Also on the commercial vehicle front, there are a couple of van models that are available and Volvo have a, a mid-range HGV offering. Although again, there's a lot more development, uh, a lot, lot more innovation still to come in the commercial vehicle sector. There are also, of course, 
motorbikes and Harley Davidson have just recently launched their Livewire which is an electric bike uh, very fast I don't have a bike license so I, uh, I won't be able to experience that just yet but for those of you who are motorbike people maybe that's an exciting offering so on to the sorts of financial considerations in terms of buying an electric car. Now, when I make comparisons, I'm going to assume that people are in the market for a new car anyway, and that they are making the choice between an internal combustion engine vehicle and an electric vehicle of similar spec levels. So the government, through the Office of Low Emission Vehicles, offers a subsidy on the price of a pure electric vehicle. For cars, that is set at £3,500. Uh, it is different for taxis, motorbikes, vans and commercial vehicles. OLEV will also subsidise the cost of installing your charger at home, assuming that you have a driveway or a space that meets their criteria and that the electric in your, within your home is suitable for the installation. And there is also a workplace scheme as well. On to the financial benefits then. The first benefit is that electric cars are exempt from congestion charges clean air zones, ultra-low emission zones, whatever they're called. So we have the London congestion charge. One can register one's electric car to be exempt from paying that, which would also cover the London ultra-low emission zone. Also Birmingham from July this year, Birmingham is starting a clean air zone which affects cars, private cars, and a number of other cities are doing likewise although Birmingham at the moment is the only proposal that does affect a private car. So if you travel in and around the centre of London or the centre of Birmingham, there's a clear advantage right from the start. If you are a business purchasing an electric car or an electric van, you can benefit from what we call enhanced capital allowances. Now this might be a subject uh, to talk in more detail with with either a finance director if you have one or with your external accountant to ensure that you fully understand how the enhanced capital allowances work. Uh, but essentially, there is a first year allowance to cover 100% of the cost of an electric car. Now let's suppose that you're going to purchase the Tesla Model X, which is priced at around £80,000. And let's also suppose that your business is a reasonably established business and perhaps you make a profit of half a million pounds, 500,000 pounds. If you don't buy the car, you will, in general, pay corporation tax at 19% on that profit of 500,000 pounds. So you would pay 95,000 pounds to HMRC and £405,000 would be available for distribution to shareholders. 
if you purchased the Tesla Model S for £80,000, you would be left with a profit of £420,000, upon which you pay 19% corporation tax, which is £79,000, and £341,000 is therefore available for distribution to the shareholders, but you also have a car. So you've saved in corporation tax £16,000. Also, you as the individual are able to take advantage of the benefiting kind changes that happen from the 6th of April, which is that for a qualifying electric car, the benefiting kind rate is zero, zero percent from April for a year. Now, depending which electric vehicle you buy, your vehicle excise duty or road tax is likely to be zero. I say depending which vehicle you buy, because unfortunately the government introduced something a couple of years ago which has the effect that with a car, regardless of the fuel, with a purchase price over, over £40,000, one needs to pay an additional rate vehicle excise duty of £310 per year for years two, three, four, five, and six. So electric cars that are under that threshold, based on what we know with prices at the moment, would be the Kia Enero, the Hyundai, and Hyundai Kona, and Ionic, the new model Nissan Leaf, couple of cheaper models that are well under, the MG, the new Renault Zoe, but then the premium cars, so your Jaguar I-Pace, your Tesla, the Audi e-tron, they are all over that threshold. Sadly, the Tesla Model 3, the affordable Tesla, is priced from just over £40,000, so sadly that is included. Whatever electric car you have, you are eligible for fuel benefit charge, which in the case of an electric vehicle charging it at the workplace, there is no benefit in kind to pay on the fuel or the electrons that you might be given from work. Thinking again about electric which powers your electric car, obviously there is no duty to pay on electric at the moment that you put into an electric car and also when you're charging at home let's not forget that 5% VAT applies rather than 20%. Finally, if you wish to own an electric car in your own name and not in a business name, an electric car is eligible for salary sacrifice. That is to say, depending on the specific rules that might apply at your workplace, 
if you're spending £35,000 on an electric car, you simply forego that part of your salary. This could be, again, subject to the rules, it could be over a year or longer. And on that £35,000, you don't pay any income tax or any national insurance. So that's another way of, of structuring a purchase of an electric car in order to be tax efficient. Now I said earlier about that I believe the majority of people could make an electric car work for them by making some small changes. Obviously we've spoken already about fitting a charger at home, fitting a charger at work. Little things like potentially changing the gym that you go to, such that you can now use a gym that has a charge point outside and a couple of the big gym chains have entered into agreements with charge point operators. If there's a particular place that you like to stop to get coffee, get the laptop out, whatever it might be, maybe you can tweak that location to a place nearby that, uh, that does have chargers. For example, I used to use a hotel for meetings and things. Then when I got the electric car, I discovered that there was a coffee shop literally around the corner where I could plug in and that's where I do a number of my meetings now. Again, longer trips, you would simply do a little bit of research, a little bit of planning. And if you do need to stop during a longer trip, you plan to do so at a location where there is a, a rapid or an ultra rapid charger, such that you can take on some power while you yourself are taking on some energy in, in the coffee shop. If you're visiting a particular city centre, whether for business or for pleasure, virtually every town and city will have one city centre car park with a charger fitted. So maybe you've got a slightly longer walk to the shops or to an office or what have you, but some small tweaks and they will work for more or less everybody. So that is the first episode of my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. A couple of topics that I plan to cover later on in January include some tips around a tax return with perhaps some particular emphasis to those with rental property. And I'm also going to do an episode around inheritance and related issues. So I'm James Fairchild and this is my James Ames Business podcast. If I could just finally remind you of the disclaimer, which is that the podcast gives general, general case information, which I believe is valid and correct at the time of recording. However, things can change and something I have outlined may not be the appropriate or the best decision for you and your specific circumstances. I recommend 
whatever the topic I'm talking about, I recommend you take your own advice from an accountant, solicitor, financial advisor who has been paid by you to provide that advice to you. Neither myself nor the app or channel or website that you're listening to this podcast on have any liability for any reliance you may place on the contents of the podcast. And finally, with apologies to people in other countries, the content I give out is predominantly aimed at England. Thank you and goodbye.